Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking with a young woman who is diagnosed with genital herpes. She is sharing her story and how she dealt with this new diagnosis and how it has impacted her. By the end of this episode, you will have one perspective on dealing with this new diagnosis. This is the ninth episode in our series on infections of the genital tract. Annual women's exams can be stressful and overwhelming for many patients. I have compiled my top tips for preparing for your well woman's exam including what to ask for when it comes to comprehensive STI testing. To get your copy of my top tips, go to tips.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to talk to today's guest. I have a young woman joining me to talk about her experience with herpes. She has been diagnosed about a year now. And if you haven't listened to the prior episode where we talk a little bit more in depth on the herpes virus, you may want to check that out first. Due to the nature of this topic, we have decided to keep her anonymous. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me on here. Yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about your experience with herpes. Yeah, so I don't know exactly when I contracted it. Once I was diagnosed, though, I went on a rampage of finding out more about it, what I could do for myself. I didn't want to just be like a victim per se to it. I wanted to know how to maybe cure myself from like the inside out or help myself as much as I can in terms of symptoms and treatment and maintenance. And I've just been managing it ever since then. Where did you find most of your information out? Anywhere from personal blogs, just people sharing their story of how they managed it. And then I was also like anywhere from WebMD, just pretty much anything I could gather like whole information from and then put it together in my head. So I got pieces of information from kind of everywhere. And then I put it all collectively and figured out what was going to work for me. I think that really brings up a good point in that there isn't a lot of good information out there that's readily available. And one of the reasons why doing this podcast is so important for me. So what led to you getting that diagnosis? So I actually had an outbreak. I kind of, maybe like once a month, I would get a bump here or there and I would look it up on online to kind of see what it was about. I'd been to the doctor a couple of times and they said it was anywhere from just acne. Like it wasn't a big deal. It was just one bump and then it would go away. So this outbreak was actually what you think of when you hear the word herpes, like there were sores, it was oozy. Like it was, it was terrifying actually, um, because I had had STD tests before and they had all been negative. So I was a little concerned with what it even was. And then I, it was confirmed herpes. And from there I was treated. But then during that time I was being treated, I wanted to learn as much as I could. So I didn't have any more outbreaks. Now, your first time that you had that big outbreak, did you have any like flu-like symptoms? No, honestly, I didn't. I felt kind of itchy. It was, I'm, I'm really sensitive down there anyway. So I made sure that 
our laundry detergent hadn't been changed. I made sure that I kind of switched my underwear out from, I don't remember what, I think it's cotton that's like better for panties. <laughs> so I made sure that everything I that I could do was normal. I switched out the soap I was using, thought maybe that was the cause of it. And then eventually the sore started popping up. And then that's when I that's when I finally went to the doctor and I was like, this isn't something I can handle anymore. I can manage. I need to figure out what's actually going on. Now in your sexual past, do you use condoms consistently? Yeah. So I knew kind of, I can't pinpoint when I got it or who I got it from, but I knew from my college experience, like being sexually active, I had a lot of partners and I was as safe as I could be. And that was another reason why I was kind of not confused, but just, I guess, more worried because my STD test had been negative in the past and I had been as safe as I could in the past with my other partners. And I did use condoms and like, I tried to exercise as much safety and precaution as I could, but I get it's, I guess it's not 100% (laughs) preventable, of course. So it kind of made me feel more easy about it because I know I did as much as I could when I was more sexually active with different partners. So you mentioned that you had been tested with your doctor. Do you know if they had screened you for herpes in the past? No. So when I would just go for an annual pap smear, they would ask if I wanted an STD test. And I said, yes, just to have it. Even when I was not sexually active. So I would have like a break, I guess, between partners, I would still get it done. And I don't know if it was a specific type of STD test. I think it's just like a general one. So I guess I don't know if I was really tested for herpes or if it was just like HPV, HIV, that sort of thing. Um, I'm not really sure, but yeah. So I know they were always negative. So I was like, what did I miss? What did they miss? (laughs) Now for the listeners to get a better idea, the basic STD panel usually is going to be gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV, and syphilis. And so herpes is not technically one that we commonly screen for. It's not recommended by the CDC. There are tests available for screening for herpes, but they're not commonly used. Gotcha. That makes sense then. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I asked because I was like, well, some providers do it and some don't. Mm -hmm. I know that I have seen patients who are diagnosed with herpes, yet their partner has never had any symptoms and come to find out their partner was carrying it. And in this particular case, the partner had dated somebody who they had known had herpes, but never had an outbreak, didn't know he was carrying the virus. And this is really common. A study in 2010 showed that about 90% of people with genital herpes didn't know they were infected. And when I saw that statistic, I was really surprised because I didn't realize that many people didn't know. And I think that kind of brings up like, who knows how long you may have had it. You've only been diagnosed a year, but what points in our sexual history did we contract it? Exactly. And that's what, and you can like comment on this or fill me in on more information, but that's kind of where my knowledge of herpes needed to expand because I didn't understand 
why I had just now, I'd been with someone for two years, um, the same person. So I didn't understand when or where I got it from. And then I learned that it's actually has a lot to do with your immune system. And at the time I was going through, like I had a lot of stressors in my life. I wasn't actually sick. I didn't feel those flu-like symptoms, but I know that I start to get sick when I'm really stressed. And so a part of me managing it and making sure I didn't have any more outbreaks was keeping my immune system up, keeping myself healthy, all those things that you can just kind of find out information on in, on the internet. But So how did your partner take that when you had this new diagnosis of herpes? It was definitely awkward for me. We were really, we have been really open about each other's past and sexual history and other partners and everything. And what was kind of awkward was the doctor was like, you know, you should probably talk to your partner about, you know, um, I don't know if she said, said the word cheating specifically, but she was like any sort of infidelity or whatever. And like, I can't sit here and like justify our relationship, (laughs) but cheating just like, wasn't the case for either of us. And with my past partners, I knew it was probably in my line of partners that I had got it from, not his. So it was kind of an awkward conversation, but obviously like we're engaged now and it just kind of is what it is. So I knew in my gut that all the running around that I'd done in college, like all the fun I had, I guess, was probably just coming back to bite me. (laughs) So has he had any outbreaks? No, he hasn't had any outbreaks. I've told him to watch for it just in case because I know the beginnings of an outbreak because I like... I remember it was kind of a long, maybe like a week or two before that I finally started getting sores. But I just remember like little things here and there happening. So I was like, if that happens, let me know because we have to, you know, I want you to get treated before you deal with that. Because I think the outbreak lasted probably three weeks. It it sucked. (laughs) Yeah. So what I've heard is that the outbreaks can be very, very painful. So for those of you listening that may not have genital herpes, outbreaks can be very, very painful and very uncomfortable. And when you get treatment early with the antivirals or acyclovir, you're able to reduce the duration and the severity of the outbreak. So at first sign of a lesion, it's always important to go seek medical attention. Do you take any daily suppressive antiviral medication? I don't. My So my doctor offered it, but I knew based on other health like diagnoses <laughs> that I have, um, I knew that I could stay on top of it. So I denied the suppressant and I just went about it in like a more holistic way to where I could help my immune system, keep myself healthy, really, really watch for any sort of symptom that could relate to an outbreak. So no, I don't take any suppressants for it. Okay. Were you ever dating with this diagnosis? No, no. I met my, um, um, so I think my fiance and I were dating for a year and then, and then I found out and now it's been another year. So. Okay. How has this diagnosis affected your life? I just feel like I have to stay on top of it. Like I said, I, I want to make sure that I recognize any sort of symptom relating to an outbreak. I 
try to stay as healthy as I can, keep my immune system up. It keeps me on my toes. <laughs> do you follow a special diet? I do, but not necessarily relating to like keeping my, you know, all the symptoms down or whatever. Um, I just try to eat whole food. Um, I'm gluten and dairy free. I think that kind of helps me specifically. <laughs> yep. Yes. Cause I also have PCOS and being gluten and dairy free also manages that diagnosis that I guess would be the diet that I follow. And that probably helps because it helps me in a hundred other different ways being gluten and dairy free as well. So <laughs> I think I feel a lot of pressure sometimes to not slip up. There's like sometimes when I just don't feel on my game. I don't want to like think about what I eat. I don't want to think about getting my exercise in, but I feel like if I slip up, then I'm going to, you know, it's going to be like a downward slope pretty much. So that makes sense. So I talk a lot about diet and exercise mm -hmm. in some of the past episodes, but dairy and gluten can be highly inflammatory. And a lot of people, I think for overall health, for most people, cutting it out is probably a good decision, but it can reduce inflammation and that can help with our immune systems and reduce other inflammatory diseases like endometriosis, PCOS, thyroid conditions, any autoimmune disorders, like all kinds of things. So I'm a huge diet exercise girl. Yes. I, along with the PCOS diagnosis and the, trying to reduce inflammation in my body, I also take like omega-3s and probiotics, KT, D3, things like that to help with any sort of like inflammation in my body. So I think that all together package has really helped me just kind of fight infection and reduce inflammation in my body as a whole. So is there anything you want the listeners to know? Yes, actually. <laughs> um, so two things, be safe and take all the precautions that you can because a moment of pleasure will never outlast a diagnosis. Um, I wish I had kind of had that mindset when I was, when I was in college or when I was kind of going from partner to partner. And two, it's not a death sentence. Um, I made small changes to my lifestyle that have completely helped me manage it and stopped me from having frequent breakouts. For a long time after my, after my doctor told me about that I had herpes, I felt really dirty and like ashamed of myself. But I now look at it as it, I now look at it like it's a live and learn situation. And I did try my best to be safe when I was dating on, when I was on the dating scene, but not everything is hundred percent preventable. You're not, you're not dirty and you're not a slut and you're not gross. It's just something that's a part of your story now and not becoming proactive won't help it. It's best to just accept it and take the next steps to heal your body. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is so important for the listeners to know that if you have the diagnosis of herpes, it doesn't change who you are as a person. You mm -hmm. are not alone. There are a lot of people who things happen and you could have done everything in your power to prevent it and it still happened. When I, when I see patients and I'm diagnosing them with herpes, I do see a lot of women feel very defeated uh, with that diagnosis. I think for me, like I... I know when, if it was from me, like if it was truly and truly from me, I knew it was in that period of time where I was just on the dating scene a lot. I didn't really care about, I mean, I cared about who I was dating and who I was seeing and I still cared about being safe, but I just felt like 
all that would just shouldn't have happened. It, even though in my head it was like, you know, like I said, I was safe and I was having fun. I just, I felt really stupid and irresponsible no matter what. And now I'm like in a good relationship, like long-term and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I just messed up my whole life, but that's not true. Like it's better to just accept it and just like move on with either treatment or um, lifestyle changes. With the suppressive therapy, that's one thing I try to always offer my patients is letting them know that it's available in case they ever need suppressive therapy if they're having consistent outbreaks. Mm -hmm. My doctor had also mentioned when I, whenever I become pregnant, I will have to take a suppressant, I think, in the last three months of my pregnancy because I don't know if it's like stress on my body, the closer labor comes and then I might have an outbreak and then pushing out a baby wouldn't be. So that is something that I know is coming in the future. Um, so, well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing this experience. I think it's very important for women and couples out there to know that this is out there, do what you can to protect yourself, but also know that you are not dirty if something was to happen and um, you can move forward with your life. Yeah. So thanks for joining me today. Yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.